Do you know what being flexible is? I think um, because of your heart. Parker, can you think of something that didn't go your way? Maybe the way that you thought it was going to go? When we were in Maryland and I kept building that monster truck and I put it somewhere, but then Sissy always destroyed it. <laughs> oh no, how did you handle it? I kept putting it back together. Welcome to episode 26 of Behaviorally Speaking a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, they'll talk about teaching flexible thinking, a skill that's important now and in the future. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Care, an employer-provided digital solution to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 26th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hey, Angie, how are you? I'm good. I feel like we start this, the podcast the same way every time. And if you listen to all of them in quick succession, just the first part, it's the same. Like, it is the same. And then they probably think, you guys, do you guys ever talk to each other? Because you ask each other how you are. But really, behind the scenes, Angie and I talk all about 15 day, times a day. Every day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I have fun news to share. So what? today is Parker's birthday. He's six. Aww. I oh know. my gosh. Isn't it wow. insane? How yeah. old was, we, was he when we first started this? I oh know. my gosh. I was actually teeny tiny. about this the other day. He was four, but he was, you know, because it's been a couple years. But yesterday yeah. you said on a meeting that you had a nine-year-old and I about fell out of my chair. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. I, how? Yeah, she's nine so, now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, man. it's crazy. Which anybody that's listening has listened to maybe all of the episodes to hear our, our intro, our, our identical intro. But also they probably are thinking like, I think our first episode, our kids were, mine were like, I don't know, two and four. So yeah. 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 Wow. Totally. We got a good spread of mm-hmm. kind of parenting yes. topics, definitely infusing those lived experiences into this podcast yeah. from the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about a topic that definitely pops up quite a bit with mm-hmm. parents that we speak to, and I'm excited to, to dive into this one, too. Um, so we're going to talk about flexible thinking and, you know, why is this important? Why, why do we why do we talk about this? Um, this is something that a lot of kids have trouble with and some parents, some some adults as well, <laughs> too. Say some adults, too. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And co- you may have heard of cognitive flexibility. That's another name for what we're going to talk about today. And it's uh, part of that umbrella executive functioning term that we near, uh, you know, hold so near and dear to our hearts that we <laughs> infuse into everything that we do because we just love it. And it is so important um, for life. So yeah, so it's an executive functioning skill. It basically helps us adjust to new situations in a smooth way help us easily kind of transition, do some tasks. I know 
it's controversial to talk about multitasking, right? But to be able to do, you know, multiple tasks more easily, manage changes in our routine and kind of flow among those routines and and tasks and so on. And we know from the literature too that it helps us reduce frustrations, especially Mm -hmm. if things don't go our way and um, also help us work better in groups. Um, So especially, you know, if someone has a different approach than we do, perhaps. So a lot of good reasons why this is an important topic today. Yeah, definitely. Um, And when I was, we were looking this up a while back about just flexible thinking in general. And I think it's also important to highlight that the, the, all of what you just mentioned, but also flexible thinking relates to academics a lot. And and I don't know that we, I ever really sat down and thought about it, Mm. but if you think Mm -hmm. about, you've got to be flexible in math, right? So like you might try to solve a math problem and it it doesn't really go the way that you think it should. So, you know, you certainly can't just throw your pencil across the room or rip up your math sheet, which most kids might want to do, you know, you have to come up with another way to handle it. And so there's lots of examples with academics, like reading and writing, you know, you might think of, well, first of all, let's just think about the English language and the way that that words are read, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like read and and read are spelled the same, for example. Um, (laughs) And then one of the other examples um, that I was reading about is if you're, if you're able to be flexible, you would say, I went to the store versus I goed to the store because mm-hmm. everything, usually things in past tense, there's an ED after. Yeah. So it was, it, it was really cool what I was reading. Cause of course I think it was on understood.org. <laughs> I always shout mm-hmm. out to them, but really yeah. it's, it's interesting to look at it. And obviously kids who struggle, like you had mentioned with executive functioning challenges, they're going to have a more difficult time being flexible and So keep Mm -hmm. that in mind when you're doing schoolwork and homework with your kids because they may struggle more. Yeah, that's a good tie-in just to to real life. I think we think about Mm -hmm. flexibility when we look at behavior challenges, but it is also important to think about the other, I wouldn't even say collateral effects of teaching this. It really is kind of core benefits of teaching flexible thinking is is Mm -hmm. doing better in academics. So yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's we'll dive into the tips. We as as usual what we do is we'll have a list of tips for you and ideas that you can work with your kids and your teens on just building flexibility. So the first one that we came up with was um should be a no no surprise to you, but um modeling <laughs> flexible thinking. So oh, yeah. Yes. So this this is actually something again that I didn't really give a whole lot of thought to whether I do it or not as a parent or if I'm coaching other parents to do it. But sometimes it's helpful if you verbally walk through your process of being flexible. And I have a really good example. I was actually part of my role at my job is listening in on some of the consultants on their calls. And I was listening in on a consultant and she gave a great example of being flexible. She said, So imagine, or a way that you can model flexibility for your kids. So imagine Mm -hmm. you're driving in the car and then you, you're reversing and, and you're, you know, five minutes down the road and you realize, oh no, I didn't take the chicken out of the freezer. Now what am I going to do for dinner? Don't have time to turn around and take it out. I've got to keep going. Now I've got to come up with a plan B. Well, a lot of this for parents, we just do this internally, right? Like we don't Mm -hmm. talk out loud to our kids all the time. Maybe some of you do, but So in this case, if we want to showcase being flexible, then you could talk out loud and say, actually, I guess talking out loud is, is, you know what I mean, think out Mm -hmm. loud (laughs) and say to your kids, hey, you know, oh, 
I, I left the chicken in the freezer. I guess I'm gonna have to come up with an alternative for dinner. Man, I really wanted to have that chicken, but oh well, we can have it tomorrow night, for example. So mm-hmm. that's just one of many examples of a way that you could work through it with out loud with your kids. Ah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of you're kind of implying or showing them that not all is lost if things right. don't go to plan. You can model what to do instead and also just show that you're still calm and you can navigate it or kind of pivot. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think a part of that, too, is is I, I talk to parents a lot about this is on the other side of the coin, if your reaction is so, so crazy, yeah. Yeah. remember that you're also modeling that like, no, the chicken. You yeah. Know? So you have to be mindful of your responses. Um, so another Definitely. I think another really good example here, and maybe not thought about as much either, is conflict that you might have at work as a parent. So if you're saying, mm. um, oh, you know, and, and so I actually tell parents all the time, sometimes you can just make it up, right? Just so that you can model this behavior. But mm-hmm. maybe there was a situation at work that you're, you you disagreed with a coworker and you talk about how you worked it out or you let someone else take the lead, even though you think you might think your way was better, but we're not going to say that, right? We just let someone else take the lead and then maybe it turns out to go, go really well. Mm-hmm. I think that ties into something we're going to talk about later too, is just, yeah, um, maybe your perspective's not always right. Maybe somebody else, uh-huh. if you look at it from their perspective and kind of be mm-hmm. a little bit flexible, they, they actually might come up with something you didn't think about right. that might be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, Okay, so disclaimer, you know, summertime with the kids home, not in school. (laughs) So might be some laughing and singing in the background, just letting you know. Um, So I don't hear them yet, but. (laughs) Okay, good. You never know. They might just, Mm -hmm. yeah, kick up a a fight or something out there. Um, Yes. But uh, second tip here, takeaway is try new things. So not only modeling that again, kind of piggybacking off of your tip, Kristen, but encouraging our kids to try new things. It really kind of forces us out of our comfort zone, gives us a little bit of practice with managing frustration or nervousness around new situations. And, you know, trying new things and new activities that might cause some nervousness for us. But, you know, as parents, what we can do is create the different scenarios and facilitate those opportunities for kids to get a little bit out of that comfort zone. We can actively, you know, so do some active listening and maybe debrief afterwards and kind of talk about and process, hey, you know, that wasn't so bad. And maybe give some positive reinforcement. Like, oh, that was such a great, great job you did trying something new. You've never done this before. I know you were feeling a little bit uneasy about it, but you did it anyway and you you gave it a shot. you know, maybe they don't end up liking what they tried or maybe they do. That's, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of another benefit, right, is kind of knowing or not. But it's just giving kids practice, giving an opportunity to try new things. That really does translate in or support that this idea of, of flexibility. Yes. You know, this is one that I get asked about regularly <laughs> from mm-hmm. parents. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this because often parents will ask me, well, should I, how far do I push my kid, right? Into something that I, I think they're going to like, but they're mm-hmm. telling me they don't want to do it. So what do we do here? And a lot of times I'll actually say, well, let's make this visual <laughs> first of yeah. all. Um, and maybe we say, 
all right, you can try it three times. You know, you've got to go to three practices or you have to make a little bit of a commitment. How many times do you think you can go? Then we'll decide or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a, you know, a sidebar to what you're talking about. But I think it's it's helpful for parents to to really to, to push their kids when they can and say, okay, I think I can push you to do this. And I think you're going to be okay versus the alternative, which is, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle it. So we're just going to avoid it, which I, I think sometimes parents often do. Yeah. It's actually a good point, right? Because then it means it's more about us than our kids, mm-hmm. right? Are mm-hmm. we not providing opportunities to try new things because we don't want to deal with the backlash or we don't want right. to deal with any upset on our kids' part? And that's a reflection point for parents to think about, are we part of this issue? Are we mm-hmm. actually putting up barriers? You know, I I think I take a little bit of a harder stance than you. It might be because my kids are a little bit older, but it's kind of like, <laughs> if I sign you up for this sport thing, you're doing it. You are, <laughs> I paid for it, so you're going to do it. So I try to do a lot of proactive stuff ahead of time. Like mm-hmm. we will watch some videos. When, when my younger daughter wanted to do Taekwondo, I said, okay, do we really want to do this? Let's, I'm going to, you know, it's cheaper if I pay for six months. So we got to really decide. So we watched (laughs) videos. We went there and we sat there and watched the kids. We talked to people. Um, You know, she got, she was nervous about it, but I think she, the, she built up a lot of excitement. And so finally, you know, we gave a big lag time too. So, and I made it clear. Okay. Once we commit, you know, we're going to, we're going to stick with this. So yeah, that worked, that's been working out for us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think a, a lot of kids, I mean, obviously everyone listening, you know your kid best, right? Like you know, okay, yes, they're going to they're going to be able to be successful here, but I would say most kids tend to 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 do okay if if you as the parent are saying, "You got this. You can do it," yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. awesome. So, let's see our next one. Um, a little bit, a little different, but in, to work on flexible thinking, sometimes you can change things up. <laughs> so this mm-hmm. one could be anxiety provoking for us as parents and, and yeah. to, depending on how, um, how, how rigid, you are. yes, how rigid <laughs> are you? Um, so this one could be difficult, but it's really important to do this, to, to change things up when you can. So offer alternatives on how to say things or, how to do things. Um, and, uh, I'll I'll give a really good example. Again, this one, I think (laughs) understood.org love that site. So I was looking up some examples of ways to teach flexible thinking, and this was a while ago. And there was an example on there that really stuck with me. And it said, everybody makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich a little bit differently, right? Like Mm -hmm. some people, I mean, some will say there's a right way, (laughs) like peanut butter (laughs) on one side, the left side, and then jelly on the right side. I mean, you can't Um, mix them with a knife, you know, then you get, oh, no, that's where I draw the line. (laughs) I know, but it was cool because it was saying, think about how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, tomorrow, make it differently in some way. So you put the jelly on that side of the bread this time, or you do your jelly first, or you do your peanut butter first. Or, you know, I even went, so, went I was so crazy, Angie, I put it on the same side of the bread one time, just for fun. <laughs> so wow, you, you rebel. You get wild with it. <laughs> but... <laughs> So that's just a, that's just one example, but I think you can apply that in many different situations where you say, okay, we're so used to doing it this way. My child is really used to this. Let's just figure out what can we change. And mm-hmm. this one, I actually give an example to parents for kids who are, are particularly rigid about a lot of things. Sometimes I'll say, depending on the age of the child, I'll say, 
let's write down the six things they're really rigid about this week, right? Like I have to wear those pair of shoes every day. I have to sit here at dinner. I have to Mm -hmm. have this spoon, whatever it might be. Let's write those things down and then say, where's one where you think you could be flexible this week? Can we highlight one? And maybe that one we're flexible with. And so Mm -hmm. that might be, that might be one example um, of a way that you could mm-hmm. work on it and working on with your kid to think about things to change up. And yeah, then I like um, that. Yeah. When we were, when we were prepping for this one, I remember you were like, I, I said, oh, or you could change the rules to a game. And you were like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know about that one. But that's I mean, it's example. a great goal, but <laughs> that used could to, cause some problems in our yeah, house. I actually but a good, great, great goal. Yeah. I used to do this with some of the kids I would work with and I would say, okay, so, you know, the game of whatever the game is, maybe you roll the die and then it, it, the number is two. I would say, okay, every time we roll it, we're going to double that number. So obviously we could infuse math in there. Um, Mm -hmm. but you'd be surprised. A lot of kids actually were like, okay, all right, this is cool. This is a challenge, you know? So maybe think of a fun way that you could change up the rules to a game. Yeah. Or do it in, you know, small little snippets. Like you said, you know, what are the five mm-hmm. things? Let's just work on one. Um, right. I think it's important to remind our listeners too. I think between the two of us, we have well over 30 years of experience working with uh, learners with autism in particular. And mm-hmm. many of our kids um, do uh, have challenges in this area. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. we appreciate that this could be a little bit tricky. And so working on it in a slow, systematic way um, can be a good mm-hmm. start. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So speaking of fun, you had mentioned kind of fun. We can infuse some strategy and logic games. That's our next tip. Mm -hmm. And having these sort of games can really help our kids think about new or different ways to solve problems. So we were trying to think of some things, tic-tac-toe, checkers, connect four, kind of the how many ways sort of games, like how many ways can you make 10 or those sort of things. So we're thinking of Mm -hmm. a lot of the classics, you know, classics out there. Um, And, you know, getting creative too. This is fun, especially for younger kids, like pretending an object is something else, really getting into your imagination. A Mm -hmm. funnel can be a unicorn horn or things like that. So just thinking of um, games where there isn't one right answer, where you have to be flexible, you have and and you're getting you're kind of training yourself or getting practice with thinking or kind of moving and creating in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I love that because it doesn't always have to be. Um, you know, we can make it fun, right? If we're working on flexible thinking, which being flexible could be really challenging for your child, then mm-hmm. let's try to to make it fun at least, so we can so lessen the blow for your kid or soften the blow. And they say. Um, yeah, definitely. and I think another good way to do that is books. So that is our next tip too on here. So there are a lot of different books for this, and I've looked it up a lot, just trying to help families that I've worked with on just ways to work with their kids on on being flexible. So if mm-hmm. your child does well with books, maybe reading a story book with them, and and then trying to bring it to life for them. So read the book and then say, oh, let's talk about maybe how this, how does this apply to you? Or can you think of a situation where you might be like that main character? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and those are always great. Um, some of the books that that I know of, and I'm sure there are many others. So there's Amelia Bedelia, which if you aren't familiar with her, basically oh, yeah. she just Classic. gets into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> From when we were things kids. Just, yes, the <laughs> so things just don't go her way most of the time, but she has to be flexible and, and um, you know, kind of pivot when she needs to. And mm-hmm. then a couple others 
that you might not have heard of. So there's My Day is Ruined, a story teaching flexible thinking by Brian Smith. And then there's My Way or the Highway by Julia Cook. So both of those are, are pretty good. So I would say probably for a little bit of a younger audience, um, 10 and under, maybe these would be appropriate for, but um, mm-hmm. definitely looking to books to help help your kids just be more flexible and then, um, yeah, just work on flexibility. Yeah, I love that. That does tie in nicely too to what we were talking about earlier, just, you know, seeing different pr- people's perspectives mm-hmm. uh, and points of view. Yes, yeah. exactly. Nice. Well, we're getting down to the last couple here. Our next tip is around teaching self-talk rather than just mm-hmm. jumping in and giving your kids the answer. And I've I've seen this happening in our house quite a bit. I'm like, I'm trying to work from home. The kids are here. They're doing their workbooks. They're, you know, they're getting into various things or they're they're getting into arguments because they're seeing each other. They're each other's best friends, but they also fight quite a bit and they're just <laughs> mm-hmm. around each other a lot. And so, you know, I don't want to play the referee. And so I try to encourage them to kind of come up with their own situations. And so in this case, thinking about teaching some self-talk and having them kind of think to themselves or and even say it out loud, what's the problem? How can I solve it? And what if it doesn't work? You know, what's plan Mm -hmm. B? So an example is maybe we want to go swimming, but there's a thunderstorm outside. Now, I live in Los Angeles. That's not really ever true, (laughs) but... (laughs) Maybe here in Florida, there's a thunderstorm every five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but people can kind of visualize it, right? So, you know, okay, there's a thunderstorm. We're not going to go out there right now. So that kind of talking out loud strategy, which we can model and then, you know, encourage our kids to do is, all right, I can't control the thunderstorm, but I can control what I do in the meantime. Like I can control what I bake in the kitchen with my sister or my brother or my my parents uh, while I wait for the storm to pass, right? So we're, again, we're equipping our kids with the tools in this case, like, you know, thinking and strategizing, coming up with a solution uh, and, and thinking about it out loud to kind of help conceptualize it and, and you know, make sense of it and, and then kind of execute on it rather than us just coming in and saving the day. We've talked about that quite mm-hmm. a bit in terms of mm-hmm. our generation of parenting. There's a lot of, you know, OK, let me just fix it. I don't want my kids to be unhappy. I don't want you to be upset. And um, we're kind of doing them a disservice by doing that. So equipping them with these strategies and helping them come up with some flexible thinking and self-talk on their own can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this ties nicely into what you're just saying of, of just problem solving in general. So, you know, you had mentioned the girls just kind of fighting or just going, you know, not getting along over something. And, and instead of just saying, Hey, how can we, instead of just solving the problem for them, almost saying, Hey, how can we solve this problem? So not even just something that might be like you gave the example of the thunderstorm, but even if it's like she took my toy and I want it back, you know, it's like mm-hmm. something something like that where you could say one could say, hey, you know what? I'll borrow it for five minutes and then I'm, I'm going to set a timer and then I'm going to give it back to you. <laughs> you know, so it, that's kind of a, you know, a silly example. But I think that this is just a, a nice way to just work on problem solving in general. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a great real life example. Yeah. yeah. Probably more common like, than the thunderstorm example. Yeah, right. You're like this happens every day in our house. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, mine, are, mine are just now getting to that age where they 
they fight. I remember us talking about this and I don't know if it was on a podcast or just us talking about this, but I think you said like, oh, just wait. Like they will Mm -hmm. actually start to have like real fights. Like they'll try to like justify their side and, you know, like, but no, I'm right because, and it Mm -hmm. gets out of that like toddler, like mine, mine. So we're we're getting there now that they're four and six, we're, we're moving in that direction quickly. It's true though. It's developmentally very much about justice, right? When Uh you're kind of that young elementary age, for example, yeah, and you can start to reason and put together a, you know, coherent argument. Mm -hmm. And it's about fairness and right and wrong and, and, you know, seeking justice. And and so it's it's a really interesting, interesting time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess this kind of comes into play too with flexible thinking, right? So yeah, yeah, you might feel you're justified and you're right. But hey, actually, let's listen to what the other person is saying. Um, you know, there might be another explanation here. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And that's a skill that is, is difficult, I think, even for a lot of adults, right? Like, again, like we said in the beginning, you might think that your way of solving the problem and maybe something at work, you think your way of doing it might be the best way to do it, but you can't always just steamroll everybody into it. You know, sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. to say, okay, you know what, let's try it your way. Maybe it will work. So I think that's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good example. All right. So we only have a couple more. So this one is, is pretty important. I would think, especially for kind of what we had said before for kids who tend to just be a little bit more rigid or timid or, you know, nervous in in new situations. So in this, uh, so there's a few here, but rehearse novel situations in advance. So for example, you had mentioned it before. So if you're going to sign your kid up for something, you might say, well, let's, let's think about it. Let's see what this is going to look like. Let's watch Mm -hmm. a video. Let's go to the place first. If they're going to like a new birthday party or something, have a hard time. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the place first. So another one would be provide some warnings when you can. So this one, there are a lot of things, unpredictable things that happen in life, right? Like there's not always a warning. You can't always give a warning, but for some kids, when you can give a warning, it can be really beneficial. So Some examples might be, I'm going out of town as the parent, right? I'm going out of town next week for work, or your teacher is going on maternity leave, or your nanny is going on vacation. You're going to have a different babysitter. So there's lots of of times that you probably can be, you can Mm -hmm. predict what's going to happen, and then you can talk about it ahead of time. Yeah, that's actually a nice kind of intermediary step, I think, to help us better cope with being flexible in Mm -hmm. unscripted or unexpected situations, right? Like you're practicing being flexible when you do have a heads up and you can remain calm. And that's kind of like that lily pad, uh, you know, uh, rock in the middle of the stream Mm -hmm. to kind of get you over to the other side, which is, okay, now I'm pretty good at managing my frustration when something pops up unexpectedly. So it's a good, yeah. I think it's yeah. a good um, concrete tip is to, you know, give warnings and practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we just uh, we just filmed some really cool content for work that we're going to yeah. be launching soon. But um, within that, one of the examples that, that I gave in, in some of the content that we did was if you, let's say your kid, for example, their, their jacket breaks, right? And they're getting ready for school and their jacket, their zipper breaks on their jacket. Well, in that moment, they need to be flexible. They can't, we certainly don't have time to fix it. So maybe they have to Mm -hmm. get a sweater instead. But within the example of the, what we did for the filming was we said, well, 
maybe if you know that that your child already is kind of stressed in the morning and one last thing might set them over the edge, then maybe we mm-hmm. talk about some of those things ahead of time, right? We might say, hey, your favorite shorts the night before, oh, your favorite shorts are in the in the in the dryer or the washing machine or they're dirty. We're not going to be able to wear those. Or what if you're, you're can't find your shoe in the morning or, you know, so certain things that you know that your child has a hard time with, you can be proactive and and help them work it, work through it ahead Mm -hmm. of time. I love that too, because yeah, I mean, I think that ties into just having strong executive functioning skills as a parent, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know mornings can be stressful. So to have more time to practice, kind of have these explicit teaching opportunities at a time where you just have more time and patience mm-hmm. doing it at night, because in the morning, you know what's going to happen, right? It right. happens all, at most houses, right? Okay, ah, then, you know, the kid's upset and you're scrambling, just wear this. And then there's a kind of a, you know, a struggle about it. So to be able to deliberately practice something in a time where you're more patient and have just more capacity, um, could be really helpful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And that leads very nicely into our final tip. <laughs> yes. Final tip. To no surprise to anyone, I'm sure. Reward <laughs> flexible thinking, right? So maybe it's just verbal praise. Maybe you have a child who really struggles in this area and you have to create some sort of formal system, which is the stuff that we do every day at work, mm-hmm. right? Is okay. Um, you know, we remain calm in even planned changes in routine and then we move to unexpected changes in routine right Mm -hmm. it's a very systematic approach but maybe it's just every single day we get some screen time or we get a special treat or we get special reading books time with a parent or we get you know extra whatever it is for your teen that they're wanting um when they can keep their cool and so thinking about rewards positive reinforcement we know and say it all the time but uh, just a review of the definition, if we're, you know, we want to reinforce the behavior that we want to see occur again in the future. And so if we are focusing mm-hmm. on, hey, you know what? It could just be as simple as, hey, you know what I noticed? In the past, you'd get really frustrated. This actually happens to my uh, seven-year-old. I'm like, how old is she now? Seven-year-old, she? <laughs> she would struggle. She would have a very short I guess, um, capacity or frustration tolerance. And she would get really frustrated if she couldn't do something like tie Mm -hmm. her shoe right the first time. She would just kind of have a full blown, like, oh, I can't do it. And now she's sitting for a longer period of time, trying it again and again and again. And so a simple, hey, you know what? I noticed that you're able to do it. You're not getting upset. You kept trying. I could just see on her face. She felt really proud of herself. And that was kind Mm -hmm. of all she needed to sail her into the next one. So just, you know, keeping in mind, proactively, positively reinforcing behavior we want to see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I always, um, there's a couple examples I'll give to families. One is like making like an, I did it chart. So you just mm. literally write, I did it on something. And then you, every time they do, they kind of are flexible. They are able to be brave or to do something that they may not have, may not even thought they could do. Um, or they stayed calm in a situation where they wouldn't normally stay calm. Um, you can write that up on the chart. And so I think that's that's a one great example. And along with that, you could even write down things that your child wants to be able to do, right? So you could write it on the note cards and we put it below the chart and we say, let's get these up there. You know, let's get those on the mm-hmm. chart. So it's just a nice way. I, I, I always think it's helpful to have things visual for kids and adults so you can stick to it as the parent. But 
Absolutely. Yeah, just, a, just a couple examples there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I know we, we kind of stepped away the last few podcasts from doing our real talk with real moms, but I just had, I have a really quick one to share and it's really highly appropriate for today's podcast. So I'm going to share. share. Yeah. Okay. So if you go, I don't know, anyone might go back and listen to some of our first few episodes. You probably know that my oldest, who's now six today, um, (laughs) he's very, a very timid child. And he, he was the kid that we started T-ball and he cried like the first practice. And then when he got up to bat, like he ran off, like he was not having it. Um, so through a couple years, he's actually great at T-ball now. He loves it. He does really well. Um, but he, another huge milestone for us happened this summer because I signed him up for two different summer camps and I asked him ahead of time. I said, okay, I, you know, I'd love for you to do two different camps. How do you want to work this? Do you want to do four weeks in a row, one camp, four weeks in a row, the other camp, two weeks, and then two weeks or one week, one week, you know, what do you want to do? And he actually Mm -hmm. said, I want to do four weeks, one camp and four weeks, the other camp. And I was like, okay, great. But for him, change is very difficult. So moving into a new situation with completely new kids Mm -hmm. causes a lot of anxiety for him. So he, so this last week, he was his first week at this other camp. He didn't know any of the kids and he like walked in and he, he did it. He were no complaint. Like he was a little bit nervous. He did say he cried a little bit the first day, but I mean, this is like a huge milestone for him. So wow. I was so proud of him. That's yeah. awesome. I know. I know. Very so it cool. shows all of the like hard work of like talking about it. I also did, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned it on another episode where I said like, you know, you can tell me how many butterflies do you have in your belly and how are you feeling? And it's okay to be nervous. We're all nervous. And so I think a lot of that has paid off where he's just, he feels confident now. Like he knows mm-hmm. he's going to feel a little funny <laughs> when he gets into a new situation, but he can work through it. So yeah, yeah that was awesome. And you yeah. kind of normalized it too. And you gave him right. some ownership and I guess some autonomy to choose mm-hmm. his schedule. I kind of feel like if you do four of one week, then you've only got one transition, right? Then you transition right. once as opposed to ping-ponging back and forth. Uh-huh. I don't maybe I he know. even thought that through. I don't know. I wonder. Know? Probably so. He was like, okay, I'm gonna get steady for four weeks. And then I was actually yeah. just nervous that he would get into such consistency with that first camp that like abruptly changing halfway through summer would be hard. Mm. But see, that goes back to what we were saying. I can't let my worries get in the way, you know? I yeah. just let it I let it play out. I was like, let's see how this goes. And it went really well. I was very proud nice. of him. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, should we do a quick recap here? I think we we didn't do that. So maybe we'll do a yeah. quick recap. All right. So the first one, model flexible thinking. So instead of just keeping it in your head when you're actually being flexible, Say it out loud so your kids can hear you and you can show them how to be flexible. Next one, trying new things. This really gets our kids out of their comfort zone, but it allows them to practice managing new situations. So Mm kind of create and facilitate those opportunities for them. Yes. And the next one, change things up. So I know a lot of us like routine and consistency, but when you can purposely change things up for your kids and maybe think about how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) And integrate fun games like strategy and logic games. So this definitely helps our kids think of of different and new ways to solve problems. Mm -hmm. 
and look to books. There's lots of really good storybooks to help teach your kids flexible thinking. And it's really important to talk to your kids about the importance of seeing other people's perspectives and points of view. And teach self-talk rather than just giving the kids the answers or solving the problems for them. So helping them to state out their problem, state, how can I solve it? And then state, what if it doesn't work? What's plan B? Mm-hmm. And rehearse novel situations in advance and provide warnings when you can. So let your kids know ahead of time, hey, these changes might happen. And then eventually the goal is to be able to fade back um, giving those warnings. And the last but not least, definitely reward flexible thinking. So when you see it, call it out, reward it, and kind of celebrate it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for our 26th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. On our next episode, we will talk about mom guilt. Ooh. So tune into that one. And until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Care. Find out more at RethinkCare.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time... Have a great day.